Hey, everyone. Uh, Jim Williams, News Talk Florida, Washington Bureau Chief, with this edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast. You're listening to us on NewstalkFlorida.com and BlogTalkRadio.com. Uh, joining me, as always, is our panel, Joe Henderson, Tom Jackson, down in the Tampa Bay area. In New York City, up I-95 from us is Alan Steinberg in New York, and I'm, of course, in Washington. We have a special guest with us today, and that guest is none other than Jared Geldner. Jared is the Democratic Coalition Against Trump Senior Advisor. And Jared, welcome to uh, the Politically Incorrect Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. It's uh, been a very interesting week or so for uh, Hillary Clinton and her uh, quest to uh, to win in uh, you know win in the key states, the battleground states. She's losing a little ground. What's going on? From a campaign standpoint, from your standpoint, uh, with your coalition, what are you guys doing to combat some of this uh, poll loss? So I think that's an interesting question, Jim. And, and again, thanks for having me. The the coalition, the Democratic coalition against Trump, was was in, designed and intended not to support Hillary Clinton, uh, but to to go out there and expose Donald Trump. For what he is, uh, which is, you know, not qualified to be president of the United States. So, in in terms of, you know, supporting Hillary Clinton and combating the polling slip, uh, we're not doing all that much. What we are doing is keeping up the pressure on Trump and Trump supporters to keep them honest and to keep them from duping the American people into the White House. Okay, I'm going to open it up to the panel, uh, guys. Anybody want to take a first shot? Why don't we go, Joe? Why don't you? take first shot with uh, Jared. Well, um, Jared, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, the The fact is that, you know, a lot of us do believe that Trump is unqualified to be president. Uh, we have expressed that opinion in various uh, strengths on, on this podcast, um, but he keeps gaining ground uh, especially here in Florida. Uh, Florida now, the latest polls show that uh, he is winning. Uh, how is that possible, in your opinion? I think it's a great question, Joe. And and the answer to that is, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe that's maybe I'm being a little too honest. But look, I think I think you in the end, you promised Frank Odyssey, and there it is. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I I think in the end, uh, the American people, including the folks in Florida. Uh, we'll see through all of this, this, the, the lies and the, the untruths and the semi-truths and the half-truths and the, the spin that, that Trump's operation puts out. I think, you know, there's, Clinton's got a great foreign policy argument to make uh, in Florida, especially in South Florida. And I think she'll do just that. I think that the health care issue has, has, you know, the issue of Clinton's health has weighed on the campaign in the recent, in the past few days, in the past week or so. Uh, but I think she'll recover from that pretty easily, and I think that will come election day, uh, we're going to be just fine. Let's go to Tom Jackson. Tom? Yeah, Jared, uh, again, yes, thank you for, for for joining us today. I appreciate it. Um, what, you, you, say, you said uh, that your, your, your group is primarily focused on Trump's lies and semi-lies and half-truths. What, what are two or three 
of the top lies you think that, that Trump has been telling and retailing and continuing continuing to tell? Tom, that's a great question. Thanks, Thanks again. Uh, look, I think that the biggest thing to your listeners in Florida that's going to resonate is, is Trump's relationship with Pam Bondi, the attorney general down there. Uh, and that's something that, that my organization, that the Democratic Coalition Against Trump, been shining a spotlight on for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. Uh, as you guys know, Pam Bondi's office, the attorney general's office in Florida, was looking into investigating Trump University uh, for, for being a fraud and for victimizing people in Florida. Uh, and then Donald Trump made a $25,000 donation to Bondi's organization through his foundation uh, that was illegal and that he's since paid penalties for doing. Uh, and the investigation went away. So I think that's a, that's a very big, I don't know if you call it a lie, but it's certainly a, a something to look into. Um, and look, I think I think another another problem with Trump is that he's a great businessman because it's just not the case. Trump's business has not been real estate development for more than a decade, as we all saw in that Newsweek piece earlier this week. It's largely been licensing, and you know, he's in that sense he's no different than any athlete or celebrity. Uh, and we need to point that out that that you know Trump's Trump's business acting is not real business. Tell you what, Jared, we're having a little bit of trouble with your uh, connection here, and uh, hopefully we can clear it up for a second. Let me go to Alan Steinberg. Alan, uh, I know you've been uh, critical of Mr. Trump's business dealings and uh, what's going on in the Newsweek situation. While we let Jared uh, work on uh, getting his uh, his phone connection a little better, let's uh, let's go to you for a moment. Yeah, uh, thank you, uh, Jared, for uh, appearing, and uh, thank you, Jim. Uh, saying that I've been concerned about Trump is the biggest understatement since Ted Williams said he thought he could hit. Uh, having said that, uh, I, th- I think that the biggest vulnerability, and uh, Trump has a laundry list of vulnerabilities, uh, Jared, is the Newsweek article. Uh, it was interesting when it came out. Uh, there was some question about uh, Kurt Eichenwald because he's written a lot of books that they didn't fail in credibility, but they seemed to be very conspiratorial. But he was on television the last 24 hours. He was phenomenal, and no one has laid a glove on him in terms of the credibility of uh, his Newsweek article. I mean, it is so damning. In ter- and I think it's the biggest disqualifier that Donald Trump has. I mean, the idea that he can uh, put this business in the blind trust, it's an impossibility. And so my suggestion, for what it's worth, is that somehow the message gets out as to how conflicted this guy would be as president, how he has partners who are criminals in other countries who have an interest in uh, Korea getting nuclear weapons, uh, who have interest in, uh, you know, a uh, pro-Putin foreign policy. And I think that if you get that message out, uh, we're going to uh, prevail on Election Day. One other thing I would mention, I think Hillary Clinton is going to be helped a great deal by the memorandum of understanding that was just signed between the United States and Israel uh, regarding United States furnishing Israel for the next uh, 10, over 10 years, uh, $38 billion. I think that uh, it'll help a great deal with the Jewish senior citizen population of Florida, which uh, may be very vital in putting uh, Hillary Clinton over the top of Florida. And I agree with both of the things you just said. 
uh, I think that the international credibility angle is one that has been pushing for a while. Uh, about a month ago, we put out a few press releases about Donald Trump's uh, business dealings with Libya and with Iran, uh, and we're going to continue to push that angle. I think that the the Agamal piece and Newsweek gives us a lot to dig into, and I think that we're going to find a lot more uh, as we look into the business dealings that, that he pointed out. Uh, and on the second piece, I completely agree with you when I said earlier that I think that there's a foreign policy vulnerability for Trump and an advantage for Clinton. Uh, in Florida, I think that's exactly what I was talking about. You know, Trump's filled with rhetoric about how he's going to be great for Israel, but Clinton's got a 25-year or so record of actually being good for uh, And I think the people of Florida will, will see that and will know that, and especially in South Florida where that's a, that's a really big issue. Uh, I think that, you know, they're going to see through the rhetoric and look for real policy. Okay. Uh, right now, we just got uh, Joe Henderson back, I think. Yeah. Boy, the technical uh, gremlins are after us today. No, we're having a little trouble with Jared's uh, cell phone there. We're having uh, Joe bounce back. You're welcome. You're listening to the incorrect podcast as we kind of limp along here. Um, I'm Jim Williams, Washington Bureau Chief of News Talk Florida. We're joined, of course, by Alan Steinberg in New York. Uh, in the Tampa Bay area, we have Tom Jackson, and we have, of course, Joe Henderson, who just pounced back into the the group. Uh, you can you're listening to us on NewsTalkFlorida.com and BlogTalkRadio.com. Uh, Jared, uh, let's speak, if you will, for a moment about the situation now with the uh, Attorney General in, the, in uh, New York who is looking into the Trump trust and uh, and how that uh, affects Pam Bondi. Jared, I, I'm sorry, Jared. We're, we're having a, a really uh, hard time get, hearing you on your on the cell phone. For some reason, it's uh, you get a, you're in a dead area there somewhere. Um, Hang on, is that is that better? Can you hear me now? Yes, though? we can hear you now. That's better. Okay. That's much better. All right, I just I just stood up, so I guess I'll pace around. <laughs> I think <laughs> so. To your question, Jim, I think that uh, look, it 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 shows pretty directly that there's something to look into. You know, Pam Bondi's office has said that it wasn't worth looking into this this incident, right? It wasn't worth looking into Trump University. Uh, but people really got hurt. People lost a lot of money uh, and people were scammed by Donald Trump and by his organization. And the fact that other states are looking into that proves that it is worth looking into. Uh, you know, it's it's who knows if the attorney general of New York will bring criminal charges or will bring a suit. Uh, I guess they are bringing a suit, but but who knows if they'll actually have any teeth associated with that. But I think that proves that there there is enough grounds for a real investigation, and Pam Bondi didn't do that. And her office's her office's justification of that certainly makes her look incompetent. Uh, so I think you know Pam Bondi's got a lot to answer for. Either she's incompetent or she's corrupt. Uh, it can't be neither because there was enough to investigate, and there still is enough to investigate. She took money from Donald Trump and didn't didn't do that. So you know the public deserves to know what's going on. Well, Jared, we have two people who covered that pretty extensively mm-hmm. uh one being tom jackson the other being joe henderson tom you want to weigh in on this one 
Well, uh, uh, full full disclosure here. Um, my family has known the Bondi family for the better part of 30 years. I consider Pam a friend, and so anything that I say on this is going to be colored. Having said that, <laughs> I, I think this is a I think this is a, a problem area for her. I mean, I even so, as somebody who wants to believe their explanation that they didn't really look into it and that at the end of the day they thought that anybody in Florida who was hurt by Trump or believed they were hurt by Trump University had access through the courts in New, in New York and could join that suit um, is, is hard to, to make fly. Um, I'm personally disappointed in, in, in Pam that this has not been – more of uh, she she has not seemed more concerned about this than it strikes me she ought to be. Um, but as far as, as far as it being an ongoing problem for her, I don't see her pursuing electoral politics after after this go round. Uh, I think that she sees her life in uh, based on nothing except I'm not sure where she has to go besides possibly somewhere in a Trump possible Trump administration or back to the private sector. I, 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 you know, I'm just not sure that uh, standing for office in Florida, again, is, is something she has in mind. Um, but as, as far as the rest of it, I mean, if that is the strongest, if we think that $25,000 going illegally from, um, from a foundation to a PAC is going to tilt the tilt the um, the election in Florida. That's kind of weak tea. Alan, let me ask you if you know anything about the AG in uh, in New York. And uh, I mean, clearly he is someone who's been a Hillary Clinton backer. Do you think uh, that he's got or will find enough to uh, go after Trump's foundation? I can't answer that, but I can tell you this, that Eric Schneiderman does have a good reputation for ethics. He is a committed Democrat, and I'm speaking as a Republican who's endorsing, uh, who's endorsed Hillary, but there's never been any ethics scandal surrounding him before, which is a rarity among uh, New York politicians, believe me. And uh, I, if he decides, put it this way, he's the kind of guy that he doesn't pursue anything unless he feels he has the evidence uh, beyond any necessary legal standard to uh, get either a conviction or a finding of fraud or whatever the case may be, this would probably be a civil fraud type of action. So if he goes after uh, the uh, Trump Foundation, the the Trump Foundation is uh, definitely in trouble. I, I wanted to make one uh, comment on what uh, Joe just said about the $25,000. How would that sway election? I agree with Joe, except one thing I've noticed in politics down through the years, I'm always amazed at how people will sell themselves uh, for uh, a cheap gift. I've, I've seen this so often. I've I've seen people uh, commit criminal acts, big-time politicians commit criminal acts for five or $10,000, and I always have – I'm against any kind of acceptance of a bribe. Don't get me wrong, but I'm always uh, you know wondering why they, if they were going to sell themselves, why did they do it so cheap? So – even though it was only $25,000, uh, I've seen uh, political figures uh, sell themselves for amounts less than that. Well, uh, yeah, let me let me jump in on that. First off, that was Tom who said that, not Joe. Or Tom, I'm sorry. <laughs> I say that myself. Go ahead. That, that's okay. And uh, I think it could be a problem. Uh, whether it tilts the election, uh, 
that's up for debate. But it's it's not the amount of money. It's the lie. It's the deception. It's the arrogance to say, you know, uh, we're not going to investigate this. To say that there was only one complaint when, in fact, as the New York Times reported, there were many complaints as far back as 2010 in Florida about Trump University. And so it it's never the amount of money, unless it's a trillion dollars or something, that gets you tripped up in these matters. It is the act of covering it up, if you will, or trying, in this case, to pretend it didn't happen. And if the Clinton people can make a, a successful link between that issue and the credibility of Donald Trump, um, it'll only take maybe a few votes uh, in, this, uh, in this state to swing it one way or the other. That really could make the difference. Let me introduce another concept here, guys. And, and that one is that, okay, we're looking at the Trump Foundation. Jared, your group uh, is is uh, with the Democratic Coalition against Trump uh, and you being the senior advisor. How do you handle the situation with regard to uh, the looking into the Clinton Foundation? Or, or you know, how is that uh, – how do we square that? I think it's a completely different situation. Look, there are there are questions about whether you know the Clinton Foundation provided access to Hillary Clinton for its donors, but the Clinton Foundation has done a lot of good in the world. They use that money in ways that are pretty publicly accountable. Uh, the Trump Foundation, on the other hand, has been using its money to enhance Donald Trump's influence and you know possibly for pay-to-play scenarios. So I I, I do think that there's an issue, uh, Jim, with the with the Clinton Foundation just like with the emails, but it's not, it, it, I, I think any equivalence is a false equivalence. Uh, and I think that, that you know, showing sh- things like the Pam Bondi, I, I'm going to call it a scandal. I don't know if you guys would agree with me, but the Pam Bondi incident, uh, you know, they, they hurt Donald Trump's credibility in a way that the, the, the notion that Hillary Clinton you know, provides access to her donors to the Clinton Foundation. I don't think hurts her credibility in the same way. Well, you know, the other part of this is that uh, there's there's a at least in in reading what is going on with the Newsweek article and others is that the Mar-a-Lago um, connection to this seems to be an interesting one, where that has been used for a number of different charitable uh, options, but they've actually, people have taken money and given to the charity and then used Mar-a-Lago as kind of the write-off. It's, uh, there's a lot of Florida rich stuff here that uh, is involved in the charity, I guess a large, in large part because uh, of the properties that, uh, that Trump does own in, in Florida with regards to Mar-a-Lago and Doral and some of the other properties. Yeah, Tim, I think that's absolutely right. And I think that, look, as far as as far as the Clinton Foundation versus Trump's business dealing, 
we actually have pretty good insight into the Clinton Foundation and who gives to the Clinton Foundation. The very fact that the newspapers have gone through, you know, that, that the media has gone through the Clinton Foundation's donors and made the connection with access, you know, setting aside the validity of that AP report, says something, right? Where it, it took, you know, we're now 50 days or so out from the election for the first time. You know, you've got Newsweek going through Trump's business dealings and examining how that might affect his his operations in the White House. Uh, this story's been written about Hillary Clinton. It, it, the public's known about it for a long time. There's a lot of sunshine there. And we don't really have any on Trump. And I think that's a big problem. And it's something that we're doing our best to point out to the public. You're listening to the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host. Washington Bureau Chief of News Talk Florida. We've got Joe Henderson and Tom Jackson in the Tampa Bay area, Alan Steinberg in New York. We're going to step aside and take a break. And once we come back, we'll come back with our guest, who is, of course, um, someone who knows a great deal about battling against Mr. Trump, and that is the senior advisor to the Democratic Coalition Against Trump, Jared Geldner. And Jared uh, will join us on the other side right after we take these messages on the Politically Incorrect podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Politically Incorrect podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host, Washington Bureau Chief News Talk Florida. With me is Alan Steinberg in New York. Tom Jackson and uh, Joe Henderson in the Tampa Bay area. And our guest this afternoon is Jared Geldner. He's the senior advisor to the Democratic Coalition Against Trump. And Jared, um, you know, one of the things that's going to be important in this uh, upcoming election is is trying to bring as many Democrats into the Senate and into the House as is possible. How is your organization involved in that, or is it specifically there to um, uh, to make sure that Donald Trump doesn't become president? So, Jim, I think that's a great question, and thanks for asking it. I think that, look, our goal, uh, our stated goal and our mission statement, if you will, is to make sure that Donald Trump doesn't wind up in the White House. I think that that one thing that goes along with that pretty importantly is to do as much as we can to make sure that Democrats take the Senate in 2016 and make as large of a gain as possible in the House. And one way that we're going about doing that is just pointing out the hypocrisy among some of the Republicans who've endorsed Trump, right? These are people who, who you know, a lot of us thought were good people we just disagreed with but the 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 tenor of some of these of of these elected officials up and down the ballot has been pretty unacceptable for for a while uh, you've got elected officials and party officials in places throughout the country calling for Hillary Clinton you know calling for violence against Hillary Clinton and for violence against against democrats and and liberals and anyone who disagrees with them and that's something that we've been doing our best to point out everywhere that we can and to raise attention uh, on that. You saw that in West Virginia with a state, state rep. Uh, we saw that with a state party, with a, a county party chair in California. Um, and I think, you know, you can look for us to be doing the same thing with members of Congress and with uh, candidates for the Senate around the country between now and Election Day. Tom Jackson, anything uh, you want to talk about with regard to uh, well, the, I, um, go ahead. 
I, it, it strikes me as fascinating um, that whenever uh, violence uh, f- uh, from one side or the other comes up, it's always one side blaming the other for violent acts or violent threats and that sort of thing. And when it's it's pretty clear this has been an unusually violent back and forth year uh, from from both sides, and it strikes me as, uh, as as somebody who's been watching this pretty carefully. It seems to me that more violence has been done from supporters of uh, for, from supporters of Democrats against people who support Donald Trump for whatever reason. I mean, I'm not here to make brief for Donald Trump. I'm I'm well on record as as being as close to a never Trumper as you can be without actually declaring yourself never Trump because the alternative it strikes me as as uh, reprehensible. Uh, but there has been violence uh, to, to uh, an alarming degree uh, against people who are simply strolling to to Trump events, and that's just not that's just not deniable. Uh, the the fact that uh, that Trump supporters have reacted in kind and has, has said some pretty dumb things about what ought to be done to uh, to to Hillary supporters is just. I mean, we're in a bad state in this country right now, and uh, and I don't I, I don't know how much how much we're going to be able to repair ourselves and mend uh, when it's all over. But then again, Lincoln said uh, Lincoln reached a hand across the Mason-Dixon line of the Confederacy, and and we managed to get back together. So I guess we'll we'll weather this as well. That's my rant. Okay. Good and a fine rant it was, Tom. Very good. Well, th- thank you, Joe. Um, but here's the thing, Tom, with the regard, uh, I'm, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on your on your statement that uh, the Democrats have treated Republicans worse uh, than vice versa. Uh, show me show me facts on that one. So cite cite your sources. I want to hear them. I'm sorry. You have not I seen said, the video of. You have not seen the video of people attack of of leftists attacking people going to Trump rallies. You have not seen that happen. You haven't seen am, water poured on them. You haven't seen you haven't seen uh, you haven't seen their their signs ripped away. Their their attacks on them. I we must be you, watching different channels. I watch a lot of M- no, MSNBC. I uh, I watch a lot of different channels, Tom, and I, I read a lot of different news sources. Did you not see the New York Times video? of the uh, absolutely reprehensible and disturbing nature of things that go on at a lot of Trump rallies? Yes, of course. I admit okay. that. I, I have said and, this, this, this happens. The, the, the violence happens on both sides, and I am uh, man enough to stand to say it happens on both sides and it's reprehensible. But let's, just, let's not pretend that it's one no, side or the and, other. I'm not pretending, but what you said was it was more Democrat than Republican, and I was I was challenging you on that. From what from what I have seen, yes, from what I have seen, I'm, I'm okay. not referring to one. I'm not referring to any one video on the New York Times site. Because which, because to be not to interrupt, but to be blunt, I have never heard Hillary Clinton stand up at a rally, and call for the crowd to beat somebody up who opposed her in the audience. I I haven't heard that. Have you? No, no. I'm I'm not saying that that has happened. Okay. Joe, I think you just brought up the key point here, which is that 
that, you know, we don't need to debate the, the volume of violence. I think we can all agree that violence and political violence in particular is reprehensible and we should all be against all of it. Uh, I think the issue here is that, you know, when it happens at a Trump rally, he largely encourages it. And, and that's a big problem for, for politics. It's a big problem for our society. I think it's a big problem for America. Alan, you want to jump in on this? Well, you know, I, I think that uh, I have something to agree with on uh, what everybody has said. My biggest problem, I, I can't agree with Tom that you have violence on uh, both sides, pro-Trump, anti-Trump. But my problem is that you see Trump at these rallies. He seems at the very least to be tacitly encouraging this violence. Yeah, and, and the way he talks about the protesters in such denigrating language, uh, really is frightening to me that uh, he would act that way as a future president. Uh, I, that alone, to me, is a disqualifying type of behavior. And and let me jump in on that, Alan. I don't know if he's just kind of playing to the crowd or if he really believes that that's the way you go about your business and, and how he would conduct his presidency. But we've We've never seen anything like this. I think it's fair to say uh, this. This is insane what our politics have become. And a lot of it goes back to the to the day Donald Trump came down the escalator and began denigrating all of, of Mexico. And we know all the rants that he did. And yet somehow when Hillary Clinton and, and I criticized her as she deserved to be for her really uh, ill-advised uh, comments last week, the basket of, what was it, Tom? De- deplorables. 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 That was deplorable, if you'll, if you'll pardon me on that. <laughs> but for Trump then to, to go, oh my gosh, she insulted us. How dare she after <laughs> the campaign he's run? Are you kidding me? Seriously? Well, I'll tell you what I think. What I think is the biggest mistake that Hillary Clinton has made. Uh, I don't know if you read the New York Times article on Colin Powell. Now, I served in the Bush administration. Uh, you know, I didn't deal with directly with Mr. Powell, but I knew what his reputation was. He was not an easy guy for a lot of people to deal with, but he did have a reputation for unquestionable honesty. And when he said in those hack conversations that Donald Trump is an international pariah and a disgrace. He's right on the money. Uh, I think what the Hillary Clinton campaign has to do is stop pointing fingers at him uh, in terms of him giving her advice on the emails. Just shut the hell up, because I think that uh, this could be critical down the stretch. I think down the stretch, given his absolute negative views of Donald Trump, I think it's very possible that he will let bygones be bygones and that he will endorse Hillary Clinton. And if he endorses Hillary Clinton, I think you will see both George Shultz and Henry Kissinger endorse Hillary Clinton. And that could be decisive nationally at the end of this campaign. So I had a call in today to some uh, high-ranking people in the campaign. I said, I got one message to you. In terms of Colin Powell, please shut the hell up. Uh, You know, have Hillary say nice things about him because his endorsement can uh, wrap up this whole thing. You're listening to well, I, the I just, Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, Washington Bureau Chief of News Talk Florida. And that was Alan Steinberg. We have Tom Jackson, Joe Henderson, 
and Jared Gedner, who uh, is with the Democratic Coalition against Donald Trump. He is the senior advisor to it. And, uh, you know, one of the things, guys, you know, we were talking a little bit about the violence and the, the theatrics that go on at Trump rallies. I think people forget where Donald Trump learned how to handle himself with regard to um, public uh, appearances, especially specifically in public appearances uh, with regard to large crowds. And that, of course, is with uh, Vince McMahon and uh, the WrestleMania situation. And I think he's actually channeling and borrowing some of the things he learned from Vince in these rallies. I mean, I can, I can, I can show you video from the WWE days when, uh, when he was involved with Vince as a friend and they would go and promote things and do things like that. Uh, when there'd be all kinds of craziness that goes on and the theatrics that goes on uh, at his rallies in many ways mirrors what uh, happened with him with, uh, with Vince McMahon and WrestleMania. And he learned from one other person, too. I agree with you on Vince McMahon. He learned from Roy Cohn, his first political mentor, a person I really regarded as a, an evil man. He learned no matter how outrageous uh, something you may say is, uh, uh, never apologize. And you will never hear Trump apologize for anything. And uh, the media lets him get away with it. Alan, I think that's absolutely right. And, and, you know, let's just point out who Roy Cohn learned from, and that's Joseph McCarthy. But he was worse than McCarthy, believe it or not. <laughs> you know, he, he, he really was. Uh, you know, I've studied McCarthy's life. Where McCarthy went off the rails was at the Army McCarthy uh, hearings. But Roy Cohn was just a reprehensible person who was all about promoting himself. And, uh, you know, at the end of his life, he was disbarred uh, for basically plotting to steal money from a, a client's estate. He was a bad guy, and he was Donald Trump's mentor. Jared, I have a question for you. It's real simple, so it shouldn't take long. <laughs> There's less than 60 days till the election. What does Hillary Clinton have to do to win? I think this election... Jim has been framed up for Hillary Clinton pretty well as one between two choices. And, and look, no one's, let's be honest, no one's super excited about either of the choices. Uh, but Hillary Clinton's got to continue to make the case, you know, maybe more aggressively than they have for the past year, that, that one of those choices is just completely unacceptable and out of bounds. And I think, I think what it's going to come down to is, you know, do, do, do voters want to stick with something that they may not love, but that they're pretty sure won't destroy the country, we'll take that gamble. Gentlemen, final uh, questions for Jared? Well, I'm I just want to wish Jared good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what were you uh, saying? I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. Oh, I said I'm good to go. I, I, think, I think Jared has, uh, has laid the, the proper predicate from his point of view, and uh, and I, it's going to be a tumultuous uh, six weeks. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. We are, uh, you know, we're we're pretty active on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, and our website you give is us your social media. <laughs> sure. sure. So, so on on Twitter, we are uh, Keep America Great. That's K E E P A M E R G R eight. 
uh, we are on, on Facebook as well. Uh, and our website is keep it, keepamericagreat.us. All right, Jared, thank you very much for joining us today, ladies and gentlemen. That is Jared Gethner. He's a senior advisor to the Democratic Coalition Against Trump, and he's been our guest today right here on the Politically Incorrect podcast. And, uh, Jared, we're going to go ahead and do final uh, thoughts from the gang. You're welcome to hang around, and if not, then we totally understand. But, uh, Tom Jackson, final thoughts for you on uh, this political Politically Incorrect podcast edition. Uh, going back on what what Alan said a few minutes ago about Colin Powell, I, I think it will, I, I think Powell finds him uh, resolutely on a fence post with no place to go. I mean, the uh, the, the email that an awful lot of people are citing has uh, is the uh, the part where he says that he is that that he would rather not vote for Hillary Clinton, although he respects her and considers her a friend. And then he lays out the list of particulars that he doesn't like about her, a 70-year-old person with a long track record, unbridled ambition, greedy, not transformational, with a husband still <clears throat> bimbos at home, according to the New York Post. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure how he then jumps down and says, but by God, I'm for her, and I think that my, uh, that my past brethren in the, uh, in, in, who've been Secretary of State ought to join me on this. Uh, I, that's a, that's, boy, that is a big height to have to jump down from, and I don't see Colin Powell at his age doing it. I do, and because he's defined, he's defined the alternative as an international pariah and as a national disgrace. That's a lot worse than anything he said about Hillary Clinton. So I don't think it's a heavy lift at all. I think the only reason he has We're talking about degrees of awful. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but one is, uh. I agree with you, but one is bad. The other is an absolute catastrophe uh, from the way he describes them. And, uh, you know, people have made endorsements on that basis before. I think the only reason he hasn't endorsed her is he's not happy with the way her staff and Hillary herself dragged him into the email controversy. He wanted no part of that. I can't blame him. Uh, I thought there was one aspect that was humorous in what he said. Uh, Evidently, she got a big speaking fee somewhere, and there was no money left for him, so he said he ought to send her a bill. He didn't get the speaking fee, but uh, <laughs> I think I, I think that you know all the things he said about her sounded like he really found her annoying. I think that uh, Donald Trump uh, makes him uh, feel just appalled. There's one, there's one other thing about this too. Uh, Colin Powell, and I say this in a positive, not negative way. Uh, he was a guy that for many years in the military didn't really express himself very much on racial matters. Uh, but when he endorsed uh, Barack Obama in 2008, that was the beginning of a tendency of him to really indicate his consciousness of the way African Americans are uh, their, their uh, situation in this country. And he does. He said, without doubt, Donald Trump is a racist, he, and he he made no bones about that. So I think it's a very easy endorsement for him to make, as long as the Clinton people don't make it difficult. Joe. Well, I can't really add much more than that because uh, both these, my fine colleagues there sort of stole my thunder on uh, Colin Powell. Um, He does seem to be kind of going back and forth. I think as Alan noted, he was mad that he got dragged into this thing. And now, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of taken a new twist. Colin Powell, 
remains one of the more respected people, uh, I think, who ever served in Washington. Um, he got he got used during uh, the Iraq buildup, and I don't totally blame him for that as much as I, as I do the the people who fed him the false information. And if he says and thinks what he thinks about Donald Trump, that should really resonate with with thinking people everywhere. The problem is in this atmosphere, I'm not sure it will, because there is just so much blather and yelling and gibberish and charge and counter charge and everything else out there that logic a lot of times is the casualty in, in, in this, if you want to call it dialogue. So um, I would like to see Colin Powell come out and join uh, maybe uh, some other Republicans and say, well, we're not going to vote for this guy. We're going to vote for Hillary Clinton because uh, she may not be perfect, but we're, we're at least not terrified of having her in office. Joe, while you're there, go ahead, give your social media and how to get in touch with you. We all know that everybody here, and we hope that you read their work on NewstalkFlorida.com. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's columns up there right now from these gentlemen, and uh, we hope that you check them out as often as possible. And now well, here's how you're going to be able to get a hold of Joe on social media. Well, I'm pretty easy to find. You can go on Facebook uh, and type in Joe Henderson commentary columns and such, or uh, you can go on Twitter and uh, look for me at the initial J Henderson Tampa, T-A-M-P-A. Mr. Steinberg. Uh, my social media is uh, on Facebook, Alan Joel Steinberg. Uh, my uh, Twitter handle is a Steinberg six at a Steinberg six thirteen. And I just want to say I love Joe Henderson, but on Sunday when the Steelers play the Bengals, I'm going to hate his guts. You're going down, dude. Get you get ready for it. We're coming for you. Tom Jackson, <laughs> Patton. <laughs> They are both such a mess when it comes to the NFL. You can find me on Facebook, Tom Jackson, journalist, entrepreneur. You can also find me on Twitter. My handle would be Thomas Jax Tampa, T-H-O-M-A-S-J-A-X Tampa. And let me say this. I have no dogs in any NFL hunts anymore. I used to cover the Redskins. I used to cover the 49ers. I once upon a time covered the Buccaneers. And everybody that I knew who ever played for any of those teams is long gone. I'm a Gator man. Go yeah, Gators. really, uh, get excited about that game against North Texas this week, Tom. That should Woo-hoo! be a good one for you. FSU playing uh, Charleston Southern last week. And uh, what, what sort of cupcake is Ohio State playing? Uh, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, see, On the road. Lose, who, yeah, lost to, lost to Houston. Lost to Houston, terrible. Ohio Tom, you're, State, you're digging, please. you're digging in real deep. Uh, you might want to pull up. <laughs> like there are no cupcakes on that Buckeye schedule, right? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, for those of you who are attending the Ohio State University on the banks of the Old Intangy River, um, all of your mail should go to Tom Jackson. So um, leave us out of it. You have been listening to the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams. You can get me 
NTFLA underscore politics on Twitter. That's NTFLA underscore politics on Twitter. Facebook-wise, of course, it's News Talk Florida. We have a great Facebook page. We hope that you've enjoyed this edition of the Politically Incorrect podcast that you've heard on NewstalkFlorida.com and BlogTalkRadio.com. Until next time, and believe me, there'll be a lot more to talk about next time as well, (laughs) we remain Alan Steinberg, Joe Henderson, Tom Jackson, Jim Williams, the Politically Incorrect podcast. Thanks for joining us.